And good evening, Shot Callers Nation. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever we're listening. Yeah. I want to start out the show by saying hello to Kyle. It's great to have you here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm happy I want to be us- here. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Happy to have you. Let's have a moment of silence for our man, Robin. We don't know where he is. Yeah. If he's asleep. Yeah. It is late on a Thursday night like normal. Maybe he had a long day at work. But he is off today. Oh, man. <laughs> maybe maybe he had a yeah. long day uh, doing whatever he was doing. Yeah. Uh, doing who knows? He was doing. Who yeah. knows what he's getting into? But hopefully he's safe, he's sound. He'll yeah. wake up snug in his own bed in the morning and listen to our podcast that we had to do without him. Maybe he was salty about this L he caught uh, yeah. today. Yeah. But we'll get into that in just a moment. Yeah. Um, but yes, my name is Rich. Uh, welcome to another episode. We are covering the primetime TNT matchups between the. Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Los Angeles Lakers. But before we dive in to our observations and our uh, inquisition, uh, we do want to let you guys know that you guys can follow all our previous episodes where we cover the previous primetime matchups from each mm-hmm. TNT Thursday on YouTube. That's you know the channel you're hopefully watching on. That's uh, You can find us at The Shot Callers Podcast. Outside the NBA is kind of what we call this little segment here. And you can find us in podcast form. Kyle, have you learned what podcast platforms we are available on? We are available on uh, Apple Podcasts, obviously. We're we're available on Spotify, uh, Google. Uh, we're on the Google Play Store or Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Uh, I think it's called Breaker, Anchor.fm, Breaker. FM, okay, uh, Radio.com. <laughs> Uh, a ton of them. So thank uh, you guys. Oh, Stitcher. Oh, okay. I, I I thought I was thinking of another app. I Locker Room. It's it's a popular app now when it comes to like. We are not on that pro- platform. We're uh, not going to speak about this. Okay. No free advertising. If you want to yeah. talk about Locker Room, you can send us the dollars. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, thank you guys for joining in. Please like, share, subscribe, share with your friends. If you know someone that likes the NBA, please pass this podcast along. We would truly appreciate it. Leave a rating and a review on uh, Apple Podcasts so we can rise up in the rankings. And like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that Hit notification, notification bell, bell. Yep. so that you never miss our uploads because we are the first podcast that's going to cover the games and the actual game action the way that mm-hmm. we always do. Sorry, right, yeah. let's get back. Let's get right into it. The Milwaukee Bucks uh, were favored. Uh, against the yeah, Philadelphia they 76ers. There was a lot of things in the air. We didn't know if Giannis was going to play tonight. He did end up playing, uh, as was evident. Uh, Joel Embiid back from his, you know, I think 18-game absence uh, with his injury, but he's been playing for a couple weeks now. Missing yeah. Ben Simmons, but they did get back uh, Toby, mm-hmm. Tobias Harris. Uh, who, and Seth Curry. And Seth Curry, who had been nursing several different ailments. Uh, seems like... Uh, Tobias Harris had some knee soreness, but he worked it out tonight on the court. Uh, what were your immediate takeaways from this clash of the East Titans? Well, first of all, this game had me really excited because, you know, both both of these games that were on primetime tonight, uh, you know, obviously the playoffs are coming up. You know, they'll be here by the next month. Uh, and both of these games had serious playoff implications uh, over for this first game, uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia. You know, they're both competing for this uh, first spot uh, in the East, which is arguably pretty important uh, because for a number of we- reasons, in my opinion, uh, I-, I don't know if it, if uh, sitting matters that much uh, to you, Richard, but I think uh, getting the number one seed in the East is really important because you, you avoid having to play the two and the three seed and the East is pretty top heavy when it comes to, to the top three seeds. So if you, if you only have to play one of them, then that's better for you. Uh, so and you're saying all- that uh, the one seed, whoever it is, if it's Philadelphia can let the two and three, maybe Brooklyn and Milwaukee mm-hmm. duke it out with each other. Yeah. Or if Brooklyn goes to the first seed, let Philadelphia and Milwaukee duke it out with one another instead of having to go through yeah. the whole totem pole is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got it. And then also, you more than, if you're the one seed, you more than likely avoid having to play Miami in the first round because right now, right now uh, they're the seventh seed, so they would have to go through the play-in tournament and all that. But uh, I believe they'll probably end up the the seventh or potentially the sixth seed. 
But avoiding playing Miami or Boston or even the Knicks in the first round is is pretty huge. Uh, I mean, obviously the Knicks aren't they're not a proven team uh, in the playoffs just just yet, but but they're a tough team. Miami is is a proven team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a little bit shaken by by injuries and some players are a bit inconsistent. Like Jimmy Hero. Butler says. I'm not worried about yeah. seeding whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. He says, the team, get me to the playoffs, and I will do the rest. Yeah, so, I know. You believe That's, You believe in this man? I don't yeah, doubt anything no, he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I believe it. I believe it. Trust me. Uh, All right, Kyle. I, so you have uh, set the table wonderfully, yeah. beautifully. Mm-hmm. I'm lifting the silver platter off this plate. Put the meat on the table. What happened in the game? <laughs> so what happened in this game? Milwaukee came out hot, hot, hot. Like, they... I think they went four for four, uh, opening up this game, uh, and uh, Philadelphia opened this game like zero for four or something like that. They they missed their first couple of shots, so they came out. They set the tone and they kind of held that tone like throughout the entire game. Uh, I'll give Philadelphia credit. You know they they stayed with it even though they were like down twenty or fifty. 15 21 points it was a wire-to-wire victory for milwaukee Mm -hmm. led by Mm -hmm. 21 points they never gave up the lead to philadelphia Mm -hmm. they were playing from behind the whole time 27 points off turnovers for milwaukee which was crazy Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you didn't even notice that it seems uh because it just seemed they were shooting 70 percent from the field i think in the Mm -hmm. first half it was ridiculous all the threes were going in brick lopez um, yeah, Chris shooting, Middleton stroking it. Chris Middleton, of course. Yeah. Uh, Drew Holiday had it going just yeah. a little bit too. Uh, Dante Divincenzo bricked one wildly, so I mean that was going as expected. <laughs> but yeah, it was just wire to wire, and they had 40 points in the first quarter, and they broke 100, yeah. I think, through three, yeah, which yeah. was which was unreal, and it just felt so debilitating at times because the Milwaukee would put in a three and then Joel Embiid would have the offense run through him and he'd oftentimes put a two or maybe an and one in, but they'd be, they, they were yeah. trading threes for twos and they somehow mm-hmm. kept it within 15 to 20 points the entire, entire game. Yeah. Man, it was, it was, a uh, it was demoralizing uh, for me and I'm just yeah, sitting yeah. on my couch. <laughs> yeah. And, and then even in the first quarter when they came out hot, uh, Giannis only had eight points in the first half, I believe. So, so it wasn't really even Giannis, uh, uh, giving them that much punch. Uh, uh, in their offense, and they came out hot. Even even though uh, the Sixers are the number two defense in in the entire league, so uh, really really setting a statement, you know, saying like, hey, we're we're not to be slept on. And then also like like I was saying earlier, fighting for that playoff seating. Like Milwaukee, it, especially if they beat Philadelphia again uh, on Saturday, I believe they they have a good chance of getting the number one seed because Brooklyn, you know, they're dealing with injuries. KD got hurt again, and uh, James Harden re aggravated his ham- hamstring or never fully recovered, so he's out for even longer. So Brooklyn has a potential to slide. And then Philadelphia, I mean, they're they're, de- they're dealing with a couple, like, minor illnesses, I, I guess, especially with Ben Simmons, but he, he should be back uh, anytime soon. He's, he's not out for a long time. Well, it's not disclosed what kind of oh, illness he has, but, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it's non-COVID related is what you have yeah. to put on the injury report uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he gets well soon. His mm-hmm. defense on the perimeter was definitely missed. And mm-hmm. and Doc Rivers called out his team tonight, said that they played soft the entire game. And mm-hmm. there definitely was a lot of interior presence going on. Um, yeah. They weren't fully building the wall. That's come into vogue to say mm-hmm. every time the Milwaukee Bucks play a national opponent. Yeah. Um, where the Raptors you saw in years past, uh, where three guys would all just close kind of like red rover red rover and try to discourage Giannis from from driving all the way to the rim and using his awesome athletic gifts to do easy you know lay in scoop shots kind of like uh Shaq when he was a little younger or then pass it out to three the problem in the past was for the Bucks is that he'd pass out to three to guys like you know George Hill Eric Bledsoe guys that look kind of deer in the headlights at times (laughs) Yeah. Uh, whereas now, you know, Brooke Lopez is more confident than ever. Chris Middleton's playing great like he has, but has the consistency oftentimes. Drew Holiday's playing like living up to his contract. So he's passing out to shooters that have a lot of confidence. Uh, I think a, a major upgrade in a lot of ways uh, from years past. 
guys that are a little younger uh, as well mm. uh, compared to like Kyle Korver, who is a dead-eye shooter but mm. can play 18 points, 18 mm. minutes a night maybe on, on a good yeah. night. Jeff Teague didn't play tonight but fully healthy. Like They have a loaded roster, so mm. uh, they were definitely reaping the benefits. Uh and it just made me so tonight's effort, like Joel Embiid, twenty-four points, mm-hmm. a bunch of rebounds. I can read off all the stats for you in a minute. Um, it was awesome to watch because he was given a hundred percent on the offensive end and a hundred percent on the defensive yeah. end. Yeah, you saw that. Uh, did you see that one um, interaction between when he was guarding Drew Holiday on the perimeter and Drew Holiday uh, was trying to shake and bake? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. I, I believe it happened in the second quarter. I, I saw the highlight afterwards, and. At first, I kind of thought like, oh, like Drew Holiday, you know, he kind of had him on the back foot a little bit. But Joel Embiid, uh, like you were saying, yeah, he had good effort and he stayed with it the whole time. And and Drew Holiday never got a good look at the basket. So no, yeah, and great, you, and great. You great said it perfectly. You said yeah. you thought he was on his heels. He was actually on the balls of his feet, following him left mm-hmm. and right, leaning forward, lurching back, and then. Yeah. Uh, Drew had to give the ball up to Giannis, who then mm-hmm. dished it back to him under the basket. Drew didn't give up on the play, ducked mm-hmm. under, underneath the basket to the left, and caught the ball, and then tried to go reverse or protect himself under the rim from Joel's shot attempt, but he sailed it. Like he he yeah. That ball bounced way over the rim, so that mm-hmm. presence was definitely there. And, and I say that that's concerning, not because I don't believe that uh, Joel Embiid can be in shape to do it. I think he can, mm-hmm. but I just think it's so taxing to be so great on the defensive end and have to carry the team on the offensive end when you don't have yeah. a tr- traditional second scorer uh, in Ben Simmons. Uh, his, you know, uh, his, he contributes in so many other ways, but he's not always someone that you can that you can post up you know, every single time the way that Joel Embiid can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you, when you just kind of think about how a playoff series might go against... Brooklyn in the second round of the third round, uh, you have the luxury if you're Brooklyn if they're healthy, you know you have three shots at having someone go for forty points that night, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Joe Harris can put in twenty on one of those nights too to kind of alleviate the stress. Yeah. But if you need to go into seven games, uh, and you're like, all right, Joel, we need you to play, you know, thirty, ten, and ten, four out of seven times, you know, and we got to yeah. put the clamps on. Uh, to to stop a, a, a Brooklyn team, uh, it makes me wonder how the coaching staff and the front yeah. office feel having to deal with that going into four playoff series in a row because their aspirations are for a championship. It's not yeah. just to get out of the second round, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so for sure. That's uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I mean, I was gonna say shout out to Chris Middleton. He had a great like first half. Uh, I think I believe he scored like uh, twenty one in the first half. So. Uh, great stuff from him. He he did quiet down in the in the second half. Are you but... eating some crow? Is this you eating crow, Kyle? Because you were ripping <laughs> on this man. Well, I, I know. I mean, I was ripping on him because <laughs> I I knew I it was obvious he has the skill. Like he has the ball handling. He has a shot creation. He has a vision. He was he was hitting assists. Like uh, he was hitting Brook Lopez a lot. Uh, also shout out to Bobby Porter. Uh, Bobby Portis Jr. Uh, he had great minutes out there. Also, uh, I wrote it down. Uh, Bren Forbes. He had great mm-hmm. minutes out there too. Like they they were hitting a lot of threes. And then, uh, like you were saying earlier, Milwaukee has a much better lineup. You know that they also have uh, PJ Tucker out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at so... times, he he played great defense tonight. And then also he he can give you that shooting hit. We haven't seen that much of it, but he can give you that shooting. Yeah, PJ in particular, 0 for 1 from 3, but mm-hmm. he's not just glued in the corner and waiting for a shot to come to him. Mm-hmm. He's able to slide around the perimeter and kind of keep his man mm-hmm. honest. If the guy's trying to get ball and man, keep him in view, he slides out of view and shifts the defense around to give different avenues or, or a dribbling space for Drew mm-hmm. Holiday and, and Giannis, which is really important. Uh, Brent yeah. Forbes, like you said, had a couple of clutch threes. And then um, I believe Bobby Porter, Bobby Portis. Yeah. I don't know where the yeah. junior came from. Where'd y'all get that from? Because it's not on his, it's not on his profile. But they, they, he had the, they uh, I thought they said it uh, in the game. Like the you're probably right. I have the volume down sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, dude, probably the shooting night of his life. Uh, yeah. Five for five from three, nine for eleven overall, eighty-one percent. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the shooting that keeps yeah. it from being a nine-point game where Philadelphia is kind of energized to mm-hmm. keeping it around 17 to 20 points where you're like, God, it's such a tall mountain to climb. Yeah, yeah. R- ridiculous. 
and he was he was playing great defense too. Um, there's even though you know Giannis ended out uh, with a good game, a good solid game. Uh, if you saw like the third quarter, uh, that's really where it was literally like Joel Embiid and Giannis like going at each other the entire time, mm-hmm. and and like back and forth. Uh, like starting at the midway point or or midway through the third, like they it was literally just like one on one ball, and I I feel like when whenever Giannis had the ball, Giannis kind of had mixed results against Joel Embiid because there was there was a couple times when Joel Embiid like uh he you know he had a couple of blocks on him or you mm-hmm. know uh one one was deemed a foul I guess and then but then also a couple times or one time uh, Giannis turned the ball over. Uh, he, Joel Embiid was able to draw the offensive foul and stuff like that. So, but but then also a couple times, you know, Giannis was able to get to the rim and and finish a play like that. So uh, it's still kind of and and that was just mostly just one on one too. It wasn't like double teams or triple teams, you know, collapsing the the whole paint on him. Uh, so I I feel like Giannis still is a bit of a question mark at times on how efficient he can be, like like offensively, like solely through him. like And he I, missed he, eight free throws too. You know, yeah, there was yeah. a time where, you know, I, I always skip the free throws because I'm usually watching the game behind so mm-hmm. I can skip commercials and, and catch up to you guys because I usually work a little late. And anytime there's a free throw, um, I take note of the score, I skip ahead 45 seconds, and I'm like, okay, they make one or they make two. And then mm-hmm. half the time with Giannis, it's like, oh, he missed both of them. Not even, yeah, yeah. Not even just one to two. So... That's how yeah. you keep the efficiency up. You you mm-hmm. make them when the shot didn't count towards your total mm-hmm. efficiency. So, yeah, yeah, and, and then also like uh, the other night, I I believe like the last game they played like yesterday, he was like he was like eight for ten from from the free throw line or like nine for ten. Like mm-hmm. so so you know obviously his shot form is still like you know not perfect it, it's been improving i guess and there was a couple times in this game you know he pulled up from three he pulled up from mid-range like again with like mixed results he he hit the like one three he took and then uh he took like two mid-ranges like when, when joel was on him uh and then i he missed one and then made the other one but you know if he he still has that to work on, and then I I just think like he he still needs to get more involved in like like driving kicks because there there was a couple times like uh getting Bobby Porter Bobby Portis uh involved in the game like when he hit like three threes back to back uh I I believe it was also in that third quarter maybe uh I the good things came when when the defense collapsed on on him and he was able to do the driving kick. Uh, he needs to get more involved in pick and rolls, either as a screener or the ball handler. Either one, uh, I believe, good stuff could happen happen there. Uh, yeah, the rare times you see Giannis actually set the screen and dive to the rim, yeah, like it's yeah. like he's like a he's like a yeah. phantom. He's so mm-hmm. huge and towering over everything. Like you wonder why that doesn't quite happen more mm-hmm. often. But it's a lot of times that Brooke Lopez is on the floor too, mm-hmm. and that brings another big man that's going to guard him at times. So it kind of can clog things up a little bit. But no, you're right. That's a wrinkle that I definitely want to see. Uh, especially if Ben Simmons is going to be out there too. Like, what kind of other ways can they keep it creative? Mm-hmm. A lot of times Giannis will drive and put a lot of pressure on the rim, suck in some defense, and then he'll yeah. pass it off to someone like Drew Holiday, yeah. who's a capable passer, who, and then yeah. he'll get a kind of a hockey assist. So it might not lead directly to that mm-hmm. Bobby Portis flamethrower uh, that happened tonight. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. You want to see some more diversity, uh, yeah. which is kind of like – is that a coach bud kind of thing where he's not going to be super diverse? Cause you know, he runs back to, he returns mm-hmm. to the well of what he knows mm-hmm. so often. Uh, I'm surprised they made so many wholesale changes to the bench, you know, this, this year here where they got Bobby Portis in, whereas in the past, Kyle Korver, they got Jeff Teague back. Like if, yeah. he's like Doc Rivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you played for him in the past, you're coming back. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I wonder what, other, how many other X Hawks, like, are they going to trade for, uh, are they going to try to somehow sneak, uh, Dennis Schroeder back on the team? You know, I know. <laughs> who used to be on a um, Coach Bud squad. Where's Al Horford at? He's uh, he's playing for the Thunder, but they paid him to stay home. He might as well show up in a Bucks uniform. Mm-hmm. But I, all right, I I kind of have a quick question for you. Do you think Coach Bud's position like is that question if the Bucks don't make the Eastern Conference Finals or or the or the Finals? Like, do do you think they could fire him? 
Uh, I definitely think it's uh, the number one. I don't think that. I mean, I, I'm not an insider. I'm not Shams. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I don't think his seat is hot. But I think mm-hmm. that's the only change that they could possibly make because they've they've yeah. already shaken up the bench, and they've already signed their long-term guys in Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. and Giannis. That that was the biggest achievement. They're not gonna trade any of those three guys. They just signed mm-hmm. them. So the only other wholesale change you can make is change the ownership, or change the coach. And what what what's the ownership gonna do? Change themselves? No, yeah, <laughs> they're yeah, gonna yeah. change the coach. Yeah. So so most definitely, like that's definitely what I think is gonna happen uh, if they don't make a deep run through mm. the Easter Conference Finals. Like they, it needs to be like a six game series because they got uh, they got basically blown off the court by the Heat in yeah. about five yeah. games uh, in, the, in the second round too. Not even yeah. the Easter Conference Finals. And, and Giannis was hurt, but. You know, you saw that the role players didn't step up, uh, and that's why they made a few changes that they did. But that's mm-hmm. definitely what I see happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you completely. That's that's literally what I was thinking. Like, like this is like probably the only change that they can make. They they've made you know a bunch of tweaks to the lineup, and the lineup looks good. And and if they're still not able to convert, uh, then it's got to be Coach Bud that that's uh that'll end up in the hot seat even though it's like not really hot right now even though like potentially you could you could probably point some of the blame on on the players as well like like maybe chris middleton underperforms or Giannis underperforms because of like his lack of like uh playmaking or or uh shot or just like shot creation i guess but Mm -hmm. more more like jump shooting is what i mean but We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Like maybe they get the first seed. If not, then if they end up with the second or third, then then they'll definitely have a tougher road in the playoffs. Um, if I don't know this this play this year's playoffs, I th- I think I'm pretty excited for. Uh, like throughout the whole. Like e- even in the first round, like let's say uh, the Bucks end up with the second seed. They could potentially mm-hmm. play Miami in the first round. Like, who who knows what'll happen there? Because uh, because Miami had their number last year. Who we'll see if it, if it happens again this year. But then after that, they'll probably have to play Brooklyn or something, and then play the the Sixers. Or I mean, uh, not the Sixers. Oh yeah, yeah, the Sixers uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals or something. So that. Eh, they could potentially have a really difficult playoff run, or they could have like a really easy, like I mean, well, not not easy, but like uh, a favorable one. Yeah, one yeah, that they would yeah. Want. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so we're looking ahead to the playoffs again. Is there anybody uh, on the Sixers that you want to shout out before we move forward? And I wanted to mention uh, the results of what we picked uh, as far as the game betting line went mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, and I wanted to say, um, just one more shout out to the absence of Ben Simmons. Robin would mm-hmm. want us to say, everyone can now see how important yeah. Ben Simmons really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we know this. I mean, uh-huh. you know, you know we're, we're Ben mm-hmm. Simmons fans, but a lot of times people will say, oh, he's only averaging 12 points. You know, what kind of superstar I, can do that? I'm a, I'm a bit middling on, on uh, Ben Simmons. But. Well, you're wrong. Uh, but <laughs> they had four fast break points tonight. Like, yeah, they yeah. need mm-hmm. easier shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Simmons is obviously someone that's not afraid to hit it ahead, mm-hmm. can use his athleticism in the open court. He looks like yeah. a mini Giannis. So definitely yeah, think sure. that they're missing uh, missing that element for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, anybody you want to shout out? Yeah, I was going to shout out uh, Tyrese Max, uh, Baxi and uh, Shake Milton. They they're gonna need their kind of playmaking and and three point shooting uh come playoff time uh take take a little bit of the pressure off uh, uh Giannis and I mean not Giannis uh Joel Embiid and and Tobias Harris Tobias Harris had had an okay game like he he didn't have a too much of a, a shot game uh, I I believe like I think well one of their weaker elements on offense is when they have uh, Matisse Thibault out there, mm-hmm. like uh, I, I, I think he needs to be a little bit more of an offensive threat. I think tonight he only had like five points, but he only took like two shots. I, I think he hit a three and and he had like a dunk or a layup or something. Uh, but the night before, last night when they lost a close game to to um, Phoenix, uh, they they only lost by a bucket. But he also Matisse Thibault also had. A, zero points like if he you know hit one layup or three here or like you know just 
was a little bit more of a threat on offense because he started uh, last last night as well because uh, Tobias Harris wasn't playing and Seth Curry wasn't either. So uh, if he was just like a little bit more of a threat, then uh, that that could be like their X factor because he's already great on defense. Uh, yeah, man, he's, he's a, terrific he, in open space. His hands are great. Mm-hmm. His deflections are terrific. Like he's in, he gets his hand in the cookie jar in ways that you'd never even expected. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, well, his his handle is not tight. And his three yeah. point showed, shooting is shaky, so he mm-hmm. needs to get. He can't dribble into a shot. He's got to get a catch and shoot, mm-hmm. which can be tough uh, depending on how they're sending uh, doubles at at Joel Embiid. But he's a little bit like Danny Green. Danny Green can't yeah. always dribble. Danny yeah. Green can definitely yeah. shoot. Um, yeah. But it's just like, yeah, no, if... nobody has an excuse. But it's hard on a second year player mm-hmm. um, to develop outside of real games when. He's often in there in crunch moments where I mean he started yeah. the other day like you said because they needed him to, but they'll put him in in, in crunch defensive possessions, mm-hmm. not necessarily like oh we're on offense and let's try to get you developing or coming off screens yeah. or anything of that nature. So how do you develop that when you have a coach that doesn't like to practice? Doc Rivers doesn't like practicing, and then his first season was the season <laughs> that got interrupted. I mean he doesn't yeah. was got interrupted by uh, the bubble, and mm-hmm. then you can even see on his blog like. He just doesn't get a lot of time in to practice uh, due to the due to the nature of the pandemic. Like he's new to the yeah. NBA, he's getting his mm-hmm. his surroundings and getting acclimated to everything. How's he gonna work on these skills? Um, it just made me laugh on one of them when they were playing like uh, they were playing bags. What's the real name for bags? Uh, where you have the board and you throw the bags into the hole. Oh, it's uh, uh I think it's like cornhole or yeah, like, cornhole. Yeah, yeah, I call it bags. Uh, yeah. That's what we called it in the hood, but. <laughs> Uh, they're playing bags and he's talking to somebody and they're like, and they're like, Matisse, stop talking to that guy. And he's like, I don't have any friends in the NBA. I want to talk to these people. <laughs> you know, some people, on, people on the Thunder or, or whatever on the Rockets. So that made me laugh. But um, that combined going into this year where there's no, virtually no practice time, mm-hmm. their schedules are all out of whack. These guys got to wake up at 10 in the morning on their off days to go get tested. Like, mm-hmm. you know, any errand that you got to run repetitively, like it just, it's everything out of whack. Just ask the yeah. Toronto Raptors who are playing in Tampa Bay. Like everything's weird. So I have a I have optimism uh, for him in the coming years. But you're right. That's going to be a big yeah. thing and a big weakness that's going to be preyed upon because you're only as strong as your weakest link, and you can't always sub guys in and out defense and offense if you're out of timeouts. So you need people yeah. people to be uh, versatile on both sides of the ball. So I mean, we'll see. It's a lot of question marks, you know, mm-hmm. on guys four through nine in their rotation. You know. Yeah. Do you yeah. have time to figure out who's got it going on that night? Mm, yeah, I I agree with you too. Like, in the in for Matisse Thybul's future, like he, if he works on his shooting, I'm sure he'll have more time. You know, this off season should be longer, so he'll have more time. Uh, maybe they'll, you know, they'll actually have a, a spring training. Oh, uh, training camp. Before yeah, yeah, training the... training camp. Uh, before before the season. Uh, next season so you know he'll have time to work on his game obviously he's very young as as well so he has plenty of time to develop but yeah there's definitely question marks all around like with all three of the teams on the east like uh you know with milwaukee it's like is chris middleton and and uh gonna perform for the 76ers how was their bench gonna be like like Will will they be able to contribute uh, more than just like the starters? Mm-hmm. And then for the Brooklyn Nets, it's like, is KD going to be healthy? Is James Harden going to be healthy? Like, they they have a great line, a great stacked lineup, but but are their star key guys going to be going to be there? So it's all up in the air at this point. I I think it's exciting. I mean, I'm sure KD will be. Hopefully, he'll be back in time for for playoffs, but. Uh, well, we'll just have to wait and see. It's it's. I'm excited. I'm excited. Good, good, good. And then just uh, the final note on this game. Yeah. Um, we did have the line given to us by Robin <laughs> this morning. Uh, I said the Bucks were favored. They were favored by eight, so they needed to win by eight or more yeah. uh, to cover. And yourself, Kyle, Robin, both selected the Bucks uh, in their pick'em contest. Rich over here. Picked the Sixers because I thought they were going to keep it close. And they were getting blown out the whole game, as we mentioned, up until we got kind of into garbage time. And they kind of went on a little run, a spirited run. Dwight Howard, Mike Scott lighting them up three for five from three. Uh, Tyrese Maxey did a little something, something, the rookie. 
uh, and they ended up losing uh, by seven, but they covered. So Rich gets the win. Kyle rolls his eyes, but it's still an it's L. So dumb, so dumb. Like and that's, they that's they were full court pressing. I mean, I guess Doc <laughs> Doc Rivers, you know, he was trying to get his reserves like some reps and stuff, but still, it was like so dumb. It it was it was like mind boggling to me. They cut it to like five. And, if Giannis would have made that free throw, I mean, well, I mean won. that's that's true. That's true too. Uh, Giannis could have made a free throw, but then at the same time, I, I I thought it was dumb that they were full court pressing in the fourth quarter when they're losing by twenty by the I reserves said, on both teams. I just got done saying they don't got practice time. This is practice time, Kyle. You want to practice? Little uh, Tyrese Maxey gets the like practice. The... Yeah, yeah, he wants <laughs> practice in the game. All right. Uh, Let's move on. You got any more questions for me? You want to move on to the six to the uh, Mavericks Lakers? No, I I guess we'll move on. I was just gonna say like it's kind of embarrassing that the the Milwaukee's reserves they couldn't break a full court press, but whatever. <laughs> oh man, when uh, restrictions are over, you can show them how it's done, Kyle. Whenever <laughs> whenever basketball truly returns to DFW. Um. All right. So next up, Dal. Oh, and I was gonna say um. The Sixers and Bucks play again on Saturday. Uh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to back. Both both of these uh, primetime matchups, they're both back to backs. Like uh, exactly, exactly. So yeah. the, the Lakers Mavericks are playing Game One of Two, the triumphant return of mm. Anthony Davis on a minutes mm-hmm. restriction, but he did come in, show some stuff. Uh, it was a back and forth game, wild swings all yeah, the way around. Yeah. Like ten uh-huh. point run one way, twelve point run another way. Porzingis yeah, yeah. was getting blocks. Doncic was all over the place. Mm. Uh, Anthony Davis showed some real versatility. Drummond was like moving his big ass body all yeah. over people. Contavious Caldwell mm-hmm. Pope putting up a bunch of points. Dennis Schroeder yeah. was like a man yeah. alive. Like that guy looked mm. like the Flash out there. Yeah, um, he was. He was doing lots of things, getting in people's heads, faces. The you know, manipulating the refs, you know, doing pull it, you know, he has a big bag of tricks and, and he knows how to use it. That, uh, and then, you know, we got guys like Montrose Harrell getting, mm. getting, uh, offensive boards, putbacks like mm. he's known to do, uh, got him his six man of the year trophy last year. But at the end of the day, the, uh, Mavericks ended up prevailing and they ended up winning one fifteen to one ten over the Lakers. Oh yeah. I went over two in my picks. Correct. Uh, Kyle oh took the Lakers. Gosh. Robin and I took the Mavs. Ugh, so uh, dumb. Dallas is favored by three. They won by five, so they covered. So oh. I'm two and zero oh on this one. Uh, Robin is one on one tonight, and Kyle's over oh two. Does anyone that went over oh two have anything to say? Oh, that's you. <laughs> what, what were you saying? Uh, all right. Th- this one, this pick, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not as upset about. You know, obviously, I'm a Dallas fan. Uh, but I picked the Lakers just because I thought we would see more production out of uh, AD and stuff. But you know, he uh, he missed 30 games, which is a lot. God, and 30? I know. I was like, man, 30 games? Like he was he's out that long? Like man. Uh, but yeah, it, he he definitely showed a lot more rust than I expected. I thought we we would get more production out of him. I knew he would also be on a minutes restriction. But then at the same time, the minutes restriction like he was only allowed to play in the first half so in the second half he did the you know he wasn't there i thought he would get some minutes first half and second half uh so that that kind of that kind of went into my thought process uh i was expecting 80 to do a little bit better but he he shot two for 10 like he didn't shoot very well but uh you know just give him a, a couple i mean maybe like a week maybe maybe he'll be back on saturday uh uh, looking like himself, but well, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, uh, you know, he's a great player, so he'll he'll bounce back. Just it's just a question of when. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he looked really frustrated, chicken out of the game, and yeah. and uh, I was kind of emboldened with my pick when I heard that he had a 15 minute uh, restriction because mm-hmm. uh, he started the game. I saw him starting. I was like, okay, he's starting. I doubt they're gonna play him. You know. Four minutes, four minutes, four minutes, four minutes. I yeah. think they'd want to see how yeah. far of a run he can get, like a normal starting mm-hmm. stint, which is usually like eight to ten minutes in the first quarter before they sit him <laughs> down. And then I was like, okay, well, then I doubt that they'll just start him again in the third quarter because he'll be mm-hmm. cold. You don't want to go hot, cold, hot, I would guess. Yeah. So at the at that point, he'd played in the second hour. I guess that's it. There'll be no AD in the second half. And he yeah. looked pretty frustrated talking to LeBron. LeBron looked like he was trying to pick up his team because I'm sure he's mm. missing being out there and he's trying to be a secondary coach on the sidelines. Um, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a pretty fun game to watch. Um, yeah. The thing 
the thing that uh, was sticking out to me the most about the Lakers, and I am not slandering them. I know the Lakers <laughs> have a lot of fans. I know they're a good team. I yeah. know they're world champions. I know they're tied for the most championships in the NBA. And the number one defense right now. Number one defense, which is terrific. And yeah. what I'm about to say goes hand-in-hand hand with your number one defense. Mm. They are so fucking boring. It's crazy. They're just <laughs> yeah. so boring. Like, yeah. so bland. Like, Anthony <laughs> Davis, bland. Like, no personality. Yeah, you got a big eyebrow. That's great. Andre Drummond, <laughs> like, I think his name is Big Penguin. Like, he used to have, yeah. like, hairy shoulders. Like, I don't know. There's just nothing cool about you. <laughs> like, and, like, he gets a lot of boards. That's great. Takes up a lot of space. That's mm. impressive. He gets some putbacks sometimes. But he's not someone that skies for a rebound over these mm. other athletes. He's not someone that seems to have a lot of touch around the rim. He'll get putbacks a lot like Montrose Harrell. Montrose mm. Harrell, it's more, uh, I guess, eye-catching because he's smaller than a lot of guys. Yeah. And he's very demonstrative. He'll he'll shake the rim, rattle the rim when he dunks, and yell a lot, and his hair's flying everywhere. Yeah, Andre yeah. Drummond is so nondescript. He just looks like <laughs> a guy that's bigger than the other eighth graders on the court. So when you combine him... <laughs> Alex Caruso, Contavious Cowell Pope, who's very solid, but you know that's, none of them are very flashy. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron James, we posted a, I think we retweeted a, a post from our account yeah. saying that he's been cooking dudes with the with the with the most basic, yeah, uh, I know, like, the most basic move of like, all time from three. This is what he's doing, yeah. and and uh, if you guys can cut to the YouTube video if you're listening for this, I'm I'm. I'm not doing a bad representation, I don't think, because yeah, uh-uh. this is such an easy move that he's cooking everybody with. Gets the ball from three, steps to the right, and then just shoots it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He he literally just like takes a side step and then like puts it up, and it's not even like like really fast or like he makes nope. like a really big jump. He he literally just takes like a side step and then and he'll move puts his head up. like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We will put that in the description. You have you guys have to see that tweet. You have to, but. Put that all together and you get a boring ass team. Frank Vogel, boring. Like he's not fiery like some other coaches. Super calm, collected, and control. And this is a compliment because that they play good, solid, connected defense. Everyone works hard, but not everyone can be the Detroit bad boys. They don't rough people up. They just play hard. But when you're watching, it's like man, nobody here is like there. Where's the spectacle? Where's the magic? And they're playing against Luca Magic over here on the other side, who mm-hmm. has this panache. And and when Chris Depps is being all super tall and lanky, gets a gets a block. It's like a, it's like an event, you know, because you don't see mm-hmm. it very often. So it's just like man, like I want the spectacle. I want the Joel Embiid yeah. cross chops. But these guys don't got the attitude. <laughs> so so uh, I don't know. Have you seen that other LeBron meme where it's like? Uh, it's somebody asking a question on Twitter. It's like, who has the worst shot selection in the NBA? And the the reply was uh, LeBron James after he makes a three. Cause and it was just like a video of him like jacking up a jacking up a bunch of like super deep threes, and they all like airball or like hit the side of the backboard. And oh, after he so makes like, the first one. Yeah, yeah. After yeah, he makes the first the one. Checks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but yeah, I mean it. LeBron is pretty pretty simple, I would say, but effective. All right, at least at this point in his career. Definitely, definitely. It's yeah. not that he's never been flashy. It's just yeah, he's yeah. not uh-huh. fl- playing right now, and all we're seeing is yeah. you know guys three through nine. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's uh that's kind of what uh what was standing out to me on the Maverick side. Um, you know, I was complimenting the defense from the uh from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a moment where. Uh, Luka Doncic was driving he spun around Dennis Schroeder got all over to the paint Mm -hmm. and Harold did a great job of sliding over and contesting Mm -hmm. the shot without he didn't block it but he got Luka to give up the ball and so Luka had to pass out to the perimeter didn't seem to be any kind of tricky passing length he could get to but Tim Hardaway Jr. did a great job of sliding Mm -hmm. into open space the way that I said P.J. Tucker does instead of just being stuck in the corner he's giving Luka an avenue to pass it out so he slid over shot the three uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, as Robin might have predicted somewhere, missed that three. And yeah. then Luca got the rebound, running away towards the corner, like over his head. So the ball came from behind me into my mm-hmm. hands. Then he turns back towards the basket and shoots a three without dribbling. It looked like when Clay yeah, Thompson yeah. Catches, a sh- catches a pass and immediately shoots, mm-hmm. except Luca was running towards the sideline, turned around, and shot a three pointer without dribbling again. And it was lightly contested. Like, mm-hmm. that was like a. 
as big of a what the fuck moment as some of his like three point buzzer beaters. Like yeah. what the fuck? Like this guy makes it look so easy. It's crazy, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Robin will. Okay, uh, I'll just get this out the way real quick. Let's get the uh, Robin quote of the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, not not one of Robin's uh, favorite players. You know, he he's pretty inconsistent and. You know, he didn't have a great night off- offensively tonight. Do you want me to you know? read his line to you? But, two for well, 10 from uh, the yeah, field? Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. Two for 10. <laughs> uh, 20%. You know, not good. Not good. Uh, and then there's a couple times where, where he just had the uh, ball after, you know, they ran their offense and then Luca uh, passed it off to him. And he, he had a... I think... I believe it was like twice. He ISOed like top of the key or something on like Dennis Schroeder. And when he has to do stuff like that, you know good things don't don't really happen he he's uh he's kind of like a jr smith type of player i guess uh where it's like if he's able to like catch catch and shoot and or make something happen like immediately off the dribble like like uh, attacking the closeout and stuff like he can make good things happen and he can make good like deep contested threes and stuff but then if you expect him to like make like kind of like a smart play like off the dribble like when when the play dies or whatever you know that that's when you're you know that that's not the right guy you you want to have the ball so but but anyways uh he he could he could potentially be trade bait next year him him and K, uh KP cuz KP left his game like with a with an ankle injury uh I was reading uh, tweets uh b- before we started the podcast you know Rick Carlisle said like Oh, he he's not in a boot or anything. It, we don't know the severity, uh, but it, he was saying like he was walking around uh, on his own uh, weight like after the game. So it's probably not that serious, but but still, it's always like oh, like it's always a question mark. KP I'm holding self. that hope, man. I'm holding that hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've been a Porzingis fan since he was in New York and he got drafted. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. in New York two times to see him play, mm-hmm. and he wasn't there either time. He was injured, <laughs> um, but. He's playing it back to backs now, so I feel yeah. as though they're ramping up his conditioning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a turned ankle, turned ankle. I don't think that has anything to do yeah. with like uh, any kind of weakness or abnormalities in his body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he'll be available for the entire playoff run. Is my feeling yeah. at the moment. Uh, I hope every player that's suffering injury gets healthy, so we can see a full, you know, slate of full-powered mm-hmm. games in the playoffs. Uh, Mavericks included with with Chris Tapps. Um, so I hope he recovers soon. Uh, we'll save that trade uh, wish for another conversation, I guess. Yeah. If you're if you're wanting uh, Tim Hardaway I, and Chris to be, <laughs> to be gone. Um, I mean, I mean, K, KP. You know, I, I do I do like him and stuff, but it's just like it's tough when he's when he uh, when he's so out so often. Uh, but going into this game, I was expecting KP to get bullied by you know drummond and and ad going into this game so that that's also kind of why i had the lakers uh, or why i thought the lakers had an edge uh and there were times when you know uh i guess i was about to say ad but andre drummond and anthony davis both are ad Mm, so right we gotta uh, give him an actual nickname yeah yeah initials Mm. (laughs) yeah Mm. uh there was a couple times drummond caught the ball in the post against uh KP and it was just like, you know, up. Oh, all right, he got a bucket. You, you got You, you kind of have to back up there. You're not really gonna be able to defend this. He, he's just like too, too skinny and uh, too long to be able to really contest it. But uh, I, at the same time, I, I thought he did a solid job uh, defensively. And I thought Dallas had a great game defensively all around. Like it, it was. Th- this game was a little weird. You know, you were you were saying the the lead was going back and forth like it was it, it was it wasn't like the traditional like oh this you know they're just like trading buckets and then like oh this team goes up by uh one or two and then okay the other team uh, made like two two in a row and now they're up by three or something uh no it was like it was like okay uh dallas will go on a run they'll be up by like uh 10 and then the Lakers will go on a run right after that, after they call a timeout or whatever, and they'll be up mm-hmm. by like eight. And then it, it went back and forth like that a couple times, uh, like in the second and third quarter. So it, it was kind of weird like that. But I, I thought I thought uh, I liked how Willie Collie Stein uh, played defense. Uh, Josh Richardson he had good minutes, like he he was playing great defense. And then both of them, 
both Willie Colley Stein and Josh Richardson, you know, they had uh, good moments on offense too. Like every time there was a bunch of times like they they would have like pick and roll with Willie Colley Stein and like almost every time like uh, uh Luca or Jalen Brunson was trying to lob it to him. Uh and he 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 got the dunk a couple times, but he he got fouled uh, a couple times after that because they saw what they, what he was doing. But uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, he had good minutes defensively. He didn't contribute much offensively uh, tonight. He he did have that one highlight uh, poster, like he he dunked in between like two Lakers players, so that, that was pretty badass. But uh, I, I I like Dallas defensively. I mean, they were they were looking good. The numbers probably. I mean, especially throughout the whole season, you know, they, they've had their defensive troubles. Like, they've actually been, like, the same or, if not worse, defensively uh, after those trades because they were trying to improve their defense. But right now, uh, it looks like they're getting their stuff together, especially on defense. So I, I look forward to seeing seeing that uh, throughout, throughout these uh, closing games of the regular season. Yeah, and uh, I guess one of the only other notes I have on this one um, is – the center rotation it really confuses me at times. Yeah, uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. that uh, Chris Stapps uh, didn't get bullied so hard. He, I, I believe, is the most effective when he's able to play alongside another center like Willie Colley Stein, like you said, mm-hmm. and come off the help side to get a help side block or sky in for a yeah. rebound without needing to box out because mm-hmm. his center of gravity is very high. It's hard for him mm-hmm. to box out heavier guys. Yeah, uh, and even a guy like Andre Drummond who doesn't have that many post moves or like a signature shot that he can get over anyone. Um, still had some yeah. success against him, mm-hmm. but um, so that's something that, that I want to keep an eye on and see if he can have success that way from the perimeter going inward. But as far as center rotation goes, I want to know, you know, how's Dwight Powell progressing? You know, his minutes mm-hmm. are all over the place, but I saw something a little bit encouraging because in previous seasons before his injury, he he was the only vertical threat that the Mavericks had yeah. for Luka to, mm-hmm. to lob to. He'd get two, maybe three dunks in a game off the pick and roll, which is terrific because you'd have to honor it. But that athleticism isn't quite there the way that it once was. So mm-hmm. that's not going to happen as much. And so he did get a uh, a lob attempt. They lobbed it up to him uh, for Luka, Luka did at the yeah. end of the shot clock. He didn't get to put it in. It was a tough shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, no big deal on that miss. But the very next position, they lobbed it up to him again in the fourth quarter. And he goes up and he does what, you know, I've said before on some episode of this podcast that I think is very smart for big guys to do is they'll go for the lob and, you know, their defenders will try to contest it. But if the if the lay-in or the dunk isn't easy, just take it back down and re-jump. Jump again. You mm. see Zion do it all the time. And yeah, uh, Dwight Powell did the exact same thing. He went down, went back up and got the lay-in. And if he can make smart plays like that, he will find success outside of raw athleticism. So... Um, that center rotation is going to be really key because mm-hmm. y- you don't need a lot of a lot of minutes to you know break Luka Doncic because he's been able to average thirty five plus minutes thirty six thirty seven and crank it up. So mm. you don't need a, a big backup uh, time for Jalen Brunson, um, and hopefully you never let Tim Hardaway handle the ball. But yeah. uh, but with the uh, and then you got Josh Richardson too that can do mm-hmm. his thing. But with Chris Stapps and and uh, and Dwight Powell together as their as their backcourt, and then you got questions about um, Maxi Kleber. Do you want Willie Cauley Stein in there? Do you want Boban in there? It's yeah. so match with dependent. It's mm-hmm. just a it's a big question mark. So I, I'm gonna be watching that going forward too. If the Mavericks can escape the playing tournament. Yeah, and, and then at the same time, like uh, the Dallas centers, especially like tonight, they're they're not like the biggest guys. They're they're fairly athletic but they're not they're not the biggest guys out on the court they're not the strongest guys like they're 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 pretty slim and i i guess they're they're quicker than probably most centers but uh you know Man, like we post, are in the, post defense like we are in the year of the center yeah. bro joel Embiid, yeah. Giannis is kind of a center yeah uh, they were is. saying this on the broadcast tonight Jokic, deandre mm-hmm. aiden like these are these are all matchups that they could potentially see uh mm-hmm. depending on how how far they want to go so it's gonna be a big question man uh, yeah, yeah, and then you know, like, like we were talking about uh, uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia, like this, these two games are are pretty big for both teams uh, when it comes to playoff contention because 
that all these teams are trying to like Dallas, the Lakers and Portland, they're all trying to avoid the play in tournament, uh, you know, get that extra week of rest and stuff like that. Um, Portland has been sliding They're They're tied with Dallas now uh, for, for the same record. Um, and the Lakers, you know, they've been on a skid cause you know, they, they just got 80 back and then, mm-hmm. uh, so they're trying to not dip too low to make their playoff uh, a road like tougher than they need to be. I mean, obviously they're they're probably the most talented team in the West uh, when they get LeBron back, uh, but still we you know there's still a bit of time that has to happen or that has to pass before LeBron comes back, and then there's a little bit of time to let AD like you know get back to his his good healthy self, and it's. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to avoid that seventh seed and and face like it could be it could be Philadelphia. Or I mean, not Philadelphia, uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. or it could be it could be even the Clippers. The Clippers, yep. So it's 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 kind of it's still kind of a question mark. Uh, I I think it kind of depends a lot on uh, this next game coming up on Saturday. If the Lakers lose that one and and Dallas is and Dallas wins, you know that gives. Dallas a really good chance of getting the six seed. Portland has been struggling as of late, uh, not, not a bit of a skid, uh, and I I have the Lakers schedule pulled up. I I believe the the Lakers, I think they'll have a pretty good chance of staying out of the play-in tournament because their next couple of games, like uh, after Dallas, they play Orlando, Washington, and Sacramento. Like the, those games, especially with AD coming back, like those games should be gimmies. And then they also play uh, Toronto. They they do have a kind of a tough tough stretch in there, uh, where they face Denver, the Clippers, Portland. They'll probably they'll probably be you. Know, I mean, we'll we'll see Portland's form when it comes up. Uh, they play Phoenix and the Knicks. Uh, Phoenix is you know definitely a tough team. The Knicks are still you know kind of a question mark. They they've been playing great as of late, but great defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, great defense. Don't sleep so, on the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely not. Julius Randle's been playing great. Derrick Rose has been playing great. He like he scored twenty off the bench uh, yeah, uh, the yeah. other night. We know. Uh, well, it, you don't have to act like that. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> uh, and, and also the games before that, you know, he he's been giving good production off the bench as well. So I'm like, you know, the. Uh, getting good minutes out of Emmanuel quickly and and RJ Taj, Barrett. Taj Gibson's on the team. Yeah, <laughs> another yeah. guy that brings all their old dudes back. To, uh, <laughs> I Tom know. Thibodeau. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, uh, but then but then after those games, then they have a couple of gimme games uh, again: Houston, Indiana, and New Orleans uh, to to close out the the season, I believe. Yeah. So so I. I they they do have a tough tough stretch in there, but then they also have like a uh, easy stretch in there as well. So, uh, you know, it's I believe they'll they'll at least remain like the fifth or the sixth seed. But so I I think mostly the question is in between like Portland and Dallas. Um, who's uh, gonna be in the plane? Yeah, yeah. Who's gonna be in the plane um, and who's gonna who's gonna have to face like uh, Phoenix or the the Clippers. I did have one final player note I wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and it's on the Dallas side again. What'd you think of uh of the minutes that JJ Reddick got tonight? Any anything? Yeah, they they were pretty good. They were pretty good. Like, uh, and it was it was minutes when you know Luca wasn't out there either. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he was creating and he was getting teammates involved. Like in the few minutes that he was out there, you know, he had a cool like like fake pass and then finish yeah, and then so and then uh-huh. and then he also had a good no look pass uh right before that or like the play before that so uh he he hit a three when he was out there too like it, it was it was cool cool to watch and then he he's kind of like he could potentially be like a, a little secret weapon come come playoff time or later in the season so yeah you took I, all I the words cool. uh yeah. out of my mouth 11 mm-hmm. minutes three for five mm-hmm. and but outside of the stats, I think this is probably the most uh, encouraging minutes that I've seen him play mm-hmm. uh, as the Maverick so far. People yeah. were wondering, oh, does he want to be here? You know, he yeah. want to live in New York. But he just looked like he was having a good time. And yeah. he looked like the game was slow for him in a good mm-hmm. way. Like, mm-hmm. he had a move and a counter move to everything. He was in the lane and, like, mm-hmm. he had that fake, you know, uh, fake pass as he drove to the rim and laid it in. Like, he uh, pump faked. 
sidestep dribble to the right on the on the mm-hmm. right wing and then uh-huh. shot a three after that. I think he missed it, but just the fact that he looked like he could predict what his defenders were going to do and mm-hmm. move into open space and you need creativity like that um, in unexpected moments where, you know, Luca has gotten a drive that's stopped or he's out of the play. Porzingis isn't out there and you need something that beyond a, a very simple straight line drive and pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, get getting the unpredictability uh, and someone that's been in big moments before and, and has a terrific three-point percentage, uh, that's definitely going to be useful, I would think. Uh, and mm. he's not as old as, as Kyle Korver was. So I, yeah. think, uh, <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's definitely can be a positive uh, for a team that mm. wants to make a surprise playoff run. Yeah. Um, looking looking ahead again, uh, uh, just, think, just theorizing kind of matchups that Dallas, Dallas may have for the first round, uh, it's. I think even if they get out of the play-in tournament, uh, out of the, the seventh seed, if mm-hmm. they get, I I think best case scenario is that they get the fifth seed, but they're probably. I think it's pretty unlikely that they get the fifth seed. Uh, uh, I think the only way they get the fifth seed is if uh, Denver like has a meltdown, but I I doubt that with. Uh, they're still hot, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still good even without um... Jamal Murray. Um, they're probably not going to the finals or even the Western Conference finals, but they're still. I wouldn't put anything really past that dude. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not gonna yeah. say. Any, uh-huh. I'm not gonna put any predictions on that one. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a quick question. Uh, yeah, I know ahead. we're we're forecasting a lot, but you are one of the biggest basketball fans that I know. Mm-hmm. Do you know how the playoff or the play-in tournament works? Can you describe that? Uh, yeah, the playoff. Uh, the playoff or the play, the play in, in tournament. Yep, yeah, the seven, the play eight, in nine, tournament. ten seeds. How does so, that work? Because I know a the, lot of people don't know. It's new this year. Isn't it the the seventh and the eighth seed play, and whoever wins that game gets the seventh seed, and then uh, the tenth and the ninth seed they play, and then whoever wins that game uh, plays the loser of the of the uh, of the seven eight game. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, you got it exactly yeah, okay. right. Seven and eight play, winner gets the top seed. The mm-hmm. loser doesn't. They're not out yet. But whoever won between the nine and ten plays yeah. that loser. And then if the lower seed wins, they take their spot in the playoffs. Yeah. If the higher speed seed wins, then they get to keep their spot. They get two mm-hmm. chances to stay in. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the play-in tournament. That's gonna be that first weekend before the playoffs start. And I hope we get some fireworks because at the moment I think Golden yeah. State. And San Antonio are in those spots, but mm-hmm. you know it's all liquid. Uh, so many teams can be in those spots. I think between the two conferences, seven teams are all vying for that ten mm-hmm. seed. So, yeah. so you never know. The Wizards—they're still, they're, I know they're still that, there. That, that's, yeah, I know. That's what I was gonna say. The what do you think about the Wizards? There, they're the ten seed in the East right now. The, they're they're the, in the playing tournament. Wizards? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. I, I know. They're they're a big question mark. You know, they when we watched. Wizards game earlier in the season. I mean, well, not even earlier in the season, like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noted that they were wi- they had wins against like uh, the Clippers and and the Jazz, but they were losing to like all the bad teams. Mm-hmm. So, but they're recently they're on a six game winning streak or something like that. Um, so it's just like they're they're kind of a weird team, but they have firepower with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook so I mean and, and then also they the east the east playing tournament like other than like Miami uh making it out for sure other than that I I have no idea who like anybody could get that eight seed like Charlotte could get it I doubt the Pacers would get it you know with Miles Turner out you know that hurts her defense um yeah I mean but but Karis LeVert and uh, Malcolm Brogdon ha- have looked great um, Sabonis has been, you know, kind of iffy as of late. Um, you know, the Wizards are there, and the the Bulls are trying to get in there. The Raptors are trying to get in. Uh, so it's that that one's definitely up in the air. People, any any one of those teams could get the AC, but then but then it's it, you know, I I think the Wizards maybe they have the best chance against the first seed. Just because of of their star power, but other than that, it's like against the first seed. Well, I mean, I, there's potential for upset. Like 
there's potential okay. for no no no, no. I'm, just, I'm just no no I'm just saying there's potential all the other teams like no no chance no chance but like there's there's like you know a small sliver of hope like these guys are ex- experienced they're great players like they're both of them are superstars but other than that you know I I don't give them more than like a sliver all right well. Number, number one Washington fan Kyle. I'm not. Says, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not being unreasonable by saying this. Don't 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 act that way. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for enlightening us, Kyle, on the inner workings and matchups you're watching in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll definitely uh, be formulating our coverage because we definitely yeah. want to change up and cover as much of the playoffs as we can outside of our full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. So uh, please stay tuned. Thank you guys for watching this episode. Please tune in for our next ones. Uh, subscribe mm-hmm. to us on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Like the video if you like it. Leave a comment. We'd love mm-hmm. to interact back. Um, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of these episodes. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Leave a rating. Definitely helps. Oh, we didn't mention our social media earlier, uh, yeah, Kyle. Yeah. So when we make our picks on the bets, we vote and we leave, we put a poll out so everyone can interact. What's our social media, Kyle? Yeah, we we do our polls on Instagram on our on our story. It's at uh, Shot Caller Show. Uh, it's the same at uh, on Instagram as it is on t- uh, Twitter. So it's just at Shot Caller Show. There's no the, just Shot Caller Show. Perfect. And then any other podcast platforms: Breaker, Radio.com, Stitcher, mm-hmm. Spotify. Please uh, subscribe to us there. Pocket Casts and. If you want to send us any questions for our mailbag episode that's in the works, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be shotcallersshow at gmail.com. That is shotcallersshow at gmail.com. Any final things you want to say uh, on behalf of Robin or for yourself, Kyle, before we sign off? We miss you, Robin. Yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. you're all good. You know, this this rest better have been worth it. <laughs> yeah, sleep well. Uh, yeah. Good night, good night, sweet prince. <laughs> uh, all right, so that was Kyle. My name is Rich. We are the Shot Callers, and we will see you guys next week. 